Hey, and welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine, where we talk to the founders, innovators, and entrepreneurs behind some of the world's most exciting fast casual restaurant concepts. My name is Sam Okus. I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Today, I'm sharing another installment of our Freeze Frame series, and I'm sharing a conversation with the COO and co-founder of Freddy's, Scott Redler. Scott and I talked back in Chicago at the NRA show earlier this year, and we talked about the fact that Freddy's has been around since 2002, but really just feels like one of those timeless brands, as if it's been around forever. It's like a slice of Americana that's great for families and great for any community in America if you want to go get a great burger, fries, and frozen custard. Scott co-founded Freddy's along with Bill and Randy Simon uh, back in 2002. They had all kind of come out of the restaurant industry together, but wanted to open just a great family-oriented burger spot. And when they opened, they actually intended for there just to be one Freddy's location. Of course, uh, that is not what happened. And Freddy's started to grow, started to grow like gangbusters and started to franchise. And it became a hit with franchisees for the return on franchisees investments. In fact, uh, Freddy's is such a great bet for the franchise community that we put it on the cover of our July Best Franchise Deals issue earlier this year. Freddy's has now grown to around 350 locations in the U.S., doing about half billion dollars in sales per year. Uh, and, and it has an interesting story of how it all came to be. So I sat down with Scott at the NRA show earlier this year to ask him about that story. And I started just by asking him how he and the Simon brothers uh, came together to open this restaurant initially. So I started actually in the industry at 15 years old, and as you can tell, but listeners cannot, I'm old. Uh, So I've been uh, 45 years in the industry, and I've done everything from five-star dining all the way to to fast casual and business institutional food service. What was the impetus for Freddy's then? I know you you partnered with the Simon Brothers to get into that business. How did they come to you with that that idea? Well, so it was uh, Bill Simon and I were partners in a concept called Timberline Steakhouse. Great. And Bill had just sold out, uh, who passed away a couple years ago, unfortunately. But um, Bill had just sold out of a company, was part of an organization, and uh, I had no money, and he had just sold out of a business. So we got together and talked about this idea that I had for a dinner-only steakhouse and Uh uh, ended up putting it in place and opening one. And he was a great partner for so many years. Now, burgers, obviously, there are a lot of burger concepts out there. How did you set about kind of setting Freddy's apart from the competition that was today, back then in 2002? Well, you know, it was kind of fun because, uh, so Bill, Randy, and I, uh, Randy and Bill go to Lake of the Ozarks a lot, and okay. Bill used to, uh-huh. and, you know, they were they were hooked on frozen custard at Lake of the Ozarks. I'm a St. Louis kid. Well, there you go. St. Louis, yeah. Ted Drews. That's How can right. you beat it, right? Yep. And uh, so we ended up uh, talking about custard, and then I said, wait a minute, if we're going to do custard, we got to do food. Mm. And we want a business that's going to operate year-round. And so we put together a menu and did burgers like we all remembered and enjoyed that we did not have available. And, yeah. you know, Freddy's is a, a burger that we put on the grill and smash it down. And everything is cooked to order and caramelized burger. And that flavor is just unbelievable. Yeah. You were a better burger concept, I think, before there was this idea of better burger concepts, right? Well, you know what? You can call us a concept. We really opened this as a hobby. <laughs> so at that time, Randy uh, was running a group of Paneras, a franchisee. Uh-huh. And Bill and I had our steakhouses doing very well. And we just wanted a great burger with fries like we remembered and you know, seasoned well and everything cooked to order. And we have a term we use called the Freddy's way. Okay. Yeah. And the Freddy's way is just do it the right way. So we weren't interested. This is a fun, funny thing for me to say, but we weren't as interested in the profitability or growth of the concept. We opened Freddy's to open one. 
Oh, really? We never had the plan to open a second. <laughs> and nobody believes that, but that's the uh, truth. And uh-huh. we opened it just to uh, just to get burgers and frozen custard in the way we wanted them in Wichita, Kansas, done with what we call today the Freddy's way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then, obviously, that changed. What what, what, what changed it? When did it, it's number two come along? Well, so Wichita's the smallest town I've ever lived in. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, moved from Washington, D.C., and I've lived in St. Louis and Minneapolis. And in Wichita... The Freddy's that we opened was an 18-minute drive from our house Okay. and my partner's house. Uh-huh. Well, 18 minutes in Wichita is like driving halfway across the country in most towns. <laughs> you know, you look at it in the size of a town. Sure. So a location became available in East Wichita and uh, without a drive-through, one of only six in the country without a drive-through and, uh, today. And uh, we, we leased it and did the second one. And Wichita is kind of a unique community. It is, um, it is set up so that... Wichita State University was one of the first centers for entrepreneurship in the country. Mm-hmm. So you look at our town and you look at all the aircraft industry that's there between, you know, Cessna, Learjet, Textron, Boeing, now Spirit, um, Coke Industries, very entrepreneurship oriented. Sure. Um, some of the restaurant companies, White Castle was founded in Wichita, though there are no White Castles in Wichita. That's right. Um, and I'm still a fan of White Castle. And uh, Taco Tico. And of course, Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. So... All of a sudden, we have a second restaurant open. We're doing well. And we started getting interest from the community because of that entrepreneurship spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> Our first franchisee uh, actually had Quiznos. Okay. And uh, he was on the board with me at uh, the Kansas Restaurant Association. Mm. And uh, kept going, Scott, I want to open a Freddy's. And pretty soon, Bill Randy and I said, yes, we'll do it. That worked out. So as a friend of yours, you could trust him. It did. And, and he opened up in Hutchinson, Kansas. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. Not really the target market that most major companies <laughs> look for, but... Um, he opened up, and he did great, and we took off. After that, we had a large uh, pizza franchisee uh, who bought a big uh, chunk in Oklahoma and Texas, and uh, and from there, it just started rolling. Sure. I mean, what you guys are doing is, I mean, you said it earlier, it's, it's a family-friendly concept. It is something that I think resonates with basically all Americans. I mean, that seems like it must not have been very hard of a sell to take that into any community. Well, you know what? When you look at it, we all know... You know, so if you're going to be bad, it better be good. And it better be this good, right? <laughs> sure. So we all know that burgers, custard, and fries are there for us to treat ourselves. It's not an everyday thing. We get sure, that. Yeah. Uh, but when you want it, it's very frustrating when someone doesn't execute. Mm-hmm. When you reach in your, your, your bag, if you're taking something to go or drive through, or you're sitting down at a table in a restaurant and your fries are cold. Mm-hmm. So I go back to the Freddy's way which is just doing things the right way, we cook everything to order. Mm, so mm-hmm. the first thing you'll do, because that's what 99.9% of our guests do, if they're in the dining room, they grab a fry actually on the way to the table. Yeah. And uh, uh, if you're in a drive-through or carry-out, you're, you're eating fries before you pull away. Mm-hmm. So fresh and hot is everything cooked to order, just done the Freddy's way, done the right way, uh, and it just works. Yeah. At what point did you guys realize this was something that you could really scale? I'm not sure I believe what has happened has happened. So that's <laughs> uh, a great question. You know, it just the, the amount of interest, and, and pretty soon when you look at our growth, and it's similar to some other large restaurant chains, uh, interest level kept going up and up. And it wasn't because we were out there selling franchises. Mm-hmm. Our, our franchisees come to us very organically. Mm. Great story. Um, there's a gentleman in Pennsylvania that went to a, a Freddy's, uh, was dropping his daughter off in um, at, at KU in Lawrence, okay, uh, Kansas, uh-huh. and went in there, loved it. Next time he was in Lawrence, he goes, hey, we got to go back there. Uh-huh. 
And they went back there, started talking to the manager. This guy, um, gentleman, owned a country club and was a restaurateur. And uh, the manager goes, well, you know, that's kind of funny because you're dropping your daughter off here. And one of the founders of Freddy's, me, was dropping his daughter off in Philadelphia to go to college. And so he called me and Steve and I have become great friends. And uh, he's got uh, three restaurants open, two more on the way, and is just doing great. But we're not out there saying, hey, you got to buy a Freddy's. We'd rather have somebody who goes in and goes, wow, this is really good. This is really different. How do they do it? Mm. I want one. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, going back to the sort of the competition question that I, I was asking you about earlier, how do you continue to keep above the competition? Because, I mean, the burger space since 2002 has gotten even more busy with other brands. So is, is that challenging to you guys to, to keep ahead of it? I think it's challenging. And there's things, technology things that are actually driving a lot of decisions today. But, yeah. but the main thing is keep the main thing the main thing. Mm. You know, it's fresh and hot burgers cooked with premium ground beef. We're 17 years old. We have never made a decision to downgrade a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, many quite the opposite of that. And we are focused on quality. We're focused on execution. We're focused on getting the best people to be team members. And our turnover is, is extremely low for that reason. Um, we do things a little differently. And every one of those things that we do a little differently adds up to be significantly different in the marketplace. Sure, sure. Have you guys looked into all of the various technologies coming out today, like third-party delivery, mobile ordering? What does all that look like for the Freddy's business? Well, so, so as a franchisor, we are, I think we're charged with testing everything that we can. Sure. So we have a kiosk in place right now, mm. uh, playing with some different parameters with that. Uh, we just started a loyalty program, or about to. Um, we were testing Uber Eats in a market uh, to see what we can do. It's hard for us to understand, you know, what, what the guest wants. We're trying to understand that it, with, with delivery, the guest knows food's not going to be at the quality level that it's going to be in a restaurant. That's hard for us to accept because we're so quality oriented, but that's what the guests want and they expect that. Do so you think that your customer, I mean, it seems like all Americans now are becoming more familiar with these technologies, these tools. There, there's a comfort level there now and it's almost become an expectation. I mean, do you think, is there a pressure that these things are, you feel like you have to do them? I don't know if it's pressure. I think um, at the end of the day, uh, our senior team sits around and we make a decision based on input from a lot of sources, including our franchisees, which is not as usual as it should be actually, but um, we value everyone's input, but we'll test anything. And if it makes sense, we do it. If it makes sense long-term for the brand. Mm -hmm. So we're not out there trying to make knee-jerk decisions that are going to make more money tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make good long-term decisions. Uh, a good example of that is um, ICE, mm. um, which is kind of a fun topic. We, we believe our guests want chewable ice. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so what did we do? We took out perfectly good ice machines and spent twelve to $14,000 in each of our corporate restaurants to put in chewable ice. Mm-hmm. Could I put that on a balance sheet and show you a return on that? I don't think so. But what I can tell you is that it's a guest-driven decision. And as long as we stay in the direction of doing guest-driven decisions, we're going to win. Yeah, sure. Well, you've got to be my my first guest ever to say that ice is a fun topic. But (laughs) (laughs) whoever knew that ice could be such a fun thing. But you know what? I I know certain people who they want to go to that place that has that chewy ice. And they'll set the cup of ice on their desk and just go through it through the course of a couple hours in the afternoon. So. You just verified our big expense and validated it. Thank <laughs> it you. Is, it's real. It is real. I think Sonic is another one that I've, people yeah, have gone to. Everybody calls it Sonic Ice. Right, right, right. Yeah. Do you guys have Sonic Ice? Well, yes, we do. <laughs> we have Freddy's Ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are the main challenges for you guys today? What do you think you guys are facing up against um, here in 2019 that is really kind of you're, you're trying to get around? Well, we discussed all the different, the various technology elements that are 
you know, we're going to be doing mobile ordering. We're, we're going to be, we're in that test mode now. Mm-hmm. Um, loyalty programs. I think the number one challenge in our industry is really the, the workforce available on a nationwide basis. And uh, I sit on the board of the National Restaurant Association, so we see a lot of statistics. It's going to be tougher and tougher. And the number of uh, team members that we need in the next 10 years is huge. And we've got to figure that out. Uh, yeah. A lot of people feel that technology and computers are going to start doing a lot of work that employees and team members used to do. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see that rapidly expand and increase. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but it's hard to get hospitality from a machine. Sure. I was just having a conversation with Frank Pacey of Corner Bakery, and we talked about the drive through because Corner Bakery is, is investing in some drive throughs now. And, you know, I was telling him about how our drive through study that we do every year, um, you know, for the last several years, everybody's been talking about mobile ordering, mobile ordering, mobile ordering, how that's going to affect the drive through. And this past year, everybody was talking about AI, AI, AI. And it's, it's coming up. Isn't yeah, it? it's coming. I mean, I think next five years, it will be probably fairly common that every, you know, you go to your favorite drive through and you're not going to be talking to a human. Do you feel like, especially for a concept that's just so, to me, it seems like very Americana, very family oriented. Can you afford to remove the human element from it? You know, so first of all, that's one of my favorite issues of the year is a drive through. <laughs> yeah. And you don't really have to redo the cover photo. It's been the same you know, Chick-fil-A wins every year. I and know, they should. Sure, they right, should. Right. You guys do a great job on that. We always learn a lot. So thank great. you. Absolutely. Um, you know, the human element, if somebody goes into a Freddy's and they're used to the, I'm going to call first full service hospitality in a fast, casual environment. Mm-hmm. If they understand that's what Freddy's is all about. And we've got a line and we've got a kiosk there and you go order from the kiosk, does that impact your hospitality? I'd probably turn the question back to you. Mm. You know, we need to make sure we put the energy into our expediter position and dollars and and also somebody in the dining room checking meals and assisting where needed. But I think you can accomplish both. You just have to be very careful about the balance. Sure, yeah. How does what does growth look like today? Because you guys are growing gang like gangbusters. I mean you guys have you're up close to four hundred locations now, right? 342, but I'm not 342. sure. 342, okay. okay. You're, I mean, That's today. Because yeah. I saw a number recently, and I was like, wow, I can't believe how fast Freddy's is growing right now. What is, how challenging is it to find the right real estate, to get something that's a nice big plot so you can have that drive through? And, and do you consider sort of adapting the model to fit into the real estate? Absolutely true. Uh, what you're saying, adapting the model. So um, there's certain markets we can get drive throughs we, mm-hmm. uh, we just signed a franchisee. I'm very excited about New Jersey. Okay. And uh, I expect he'll be able, he and his wife will be able to get some drive-through locations, uh, but we expect some without. Mm. We just recently opened up a non-drive-through location in Creevecore, Missouri, St. Louis, a suburb. Okay. And we're doing great. So we believe the non-drive-through model is in our future mm-hmm. and will be in all markets, actually. Would you explore like non-traditional kind of stuff or how crazy would you want to get with the real estate? Well, we're already in uh, one college campus with second one under construction. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking to some folks about airports. Okay. Uh, possibly even a casino. Uh, if it makes sense, we're going to look at it. Sure. It, it has to fit the brand. Sure. We, we, we want to make sure that we don't ever do anything to vary what people, what people view as our brand. We're the protector of the brand. Sure. We have to maintain that. So I do want to talk about your franchising because um, so I'm going to spoil a little something here, which is that Freddy's is on QSR's best franchise deals list this year in our wow. July issue. You've been on the list before. You guys clearly know what you're doing with franchising. What is your secret sauce? Huh. You know what? It, it's 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 all people. So mm-hmm. we have a to be a franchisee, just like every company in America that franchises, you've got to have someone has to have the finances. 
we are very strict with the operational expertise or the ability to acquire it. Mm-hmm. Uh, territory or location, we can all agree on. But most importantly, and um, this is something that my partner, uh, Bill Simon, was really focused on, was family. Do they fit our family? Mm. Do they fit the values and everything that we, are, we live by on a daily basis? And if they do, they work. Sure. Because someone walks in with a bag of money does not mean they should be a franchisee of Freddy's. And um, it is so important and so critical for us to maintain, as brand protector, maintain that attitude. Who do you think you are learning from the most these days? I mean, when you when you think about like trying to uh, kind of keep up with the times and evolve the Freddy's business, who do you like to learn from? Who are you watching? What, what parts of the industry get you excited? Well, I, th- I think we look at everything because mm-hmm. I seen, think a lot of things, even in full service, sometimes things are adaptable. Yeah that you can make them work or service points or hospitality touch points that we can expand. Um, it's, it's important for us to stay ahead of the curve on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We definitely know, uh, I mean, you guys do the surveys, we watch those and we want to see who, who does the guest think, who does the guest view as the best in system or best in category and like to make sure we understand why and do everything we can to be the best every day. What are the things that are keeping you up at night? You know, I still think the, uh, the availability of employees, of team yeah. members. And, you know, we offer, I can tell you, multitudes of stories of someone that has started with us as an hourly cook and become a supervisor and a manager and a general manager and general manager of a training store, training restaurant, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, a franchisee. It's mm-hmm. happened numerous times. Our first GM and our first Freddy's now has, I think, nine Freddy's. Wow. One of our first, uh, our training GM, I think they're op- they're opening their third location. That is, that's the, that's the American way. That's the story out there that somebody can start with nothing. I did. I started with nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked my way through college and we've seen a lot of folks like that. A lot of our team members that have done that. And all of a sudden they're, they're growing, they're they're getting married and having kids and I'm getting older Mm. and they're living on a nice house on the hill. So, um, (laughs) it's the American dream and hard work with the right attitude pays off. Thinking about sort of that, you know, people you've seen go through the system and kind of, you know, become owners who started as GMs. I mean, you've, you have 17 years behind you now. What do you think has been sort of the, the number one thing you've learned in that time? Looking back to 2002, what, what, what's the biggest lesson you've picked up since that since those days? You know, it really is. It's all about the people. Yeah. Any, anybody, we, be, we build a beautiful restaurant. We spend more money doing it than most uh, because we really look at things long term. But when you look at it, you, you'll never do well without a well-run restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last question for you, Scott, is what's coming in the future? Where do you see Freddy's kind of moving from here? How do you think things will continue to evolve? I think we're going to continue to test things in the technology side of it. Uh, we're going to see more and more of that in our restaurants, whether, you know, with, with loyalty program, mobile ordering, uh, kiosk availability. Uh, AI is going to be interesting to see. Um, we'll see all that technology. But the main focus is, We'll be satisfied doing any of those as long as when you come in and you grab your French fries, they're fresh and they're hot. Yeah. And the, when you take a bite of a Freddy's double steak burger with cheese, steam comes out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and you've been there, you get it. And we can never do anything that will affect our brand. We need to continue to do things the Freddy's way. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thank you so much for sitting down and sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Right, take care. 
There you have it, my conversation with Freddie's co-founder and COO, Scott Redler. Thanks again for listening to the Fast Forward Podcast. If you like this podcast, please go leave your feedback wherever you're listening to it, or shoot me an email, sam at qsrmagazine.com. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on the various services, but also you can go to qsrmagazine.com slash podcast to access the whole archives. And while you're there, stick around on qsrmagazine.com for all the news and insights you need on the QSR and fast casual restaurant industries. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.